But let's uh, open to Revelation chapter 8, and we'll pray, our Father and our God. Um, you know, these are not fun uh, things to look at. They're not... We don't, you know, we don't look at this and uh, we're not those who call down your vengeance on a Christ-rejecting world. We're those who, you know, cry for mercy uh, to ones. We we see ourselves in, in ones who have rejected you. I mean, there was a time when we weren't uh, aboard this this wonderful ark of salvation. And, and so our hearts are toward these ones. And when we read about these things, you know, we don't read about them in joy. So give us the right heart, the right attitude, your attitude towards these uh, sober reflections. But they're here in your word for a reason, uh, Lord, that we might uh, preach like uh, like people who uh, have fire in their bones, who we would witness to a lost world about these things. Uh, help us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Revelation chapter 8. Uh, I guess I'll read the chapter and uh, we'll go back and I, I think we'll get the whole chapter in. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God and to them were given seven trumpets. Another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer and they were given unto him there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of trees were burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. And the second angel sounded, and it, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood, and the third part of the creatures which were in the sea that had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed, and the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of, uh, fountains of waters. The name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, Wormwood, and many men died in the waters because they were made bitter. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So, as the third part of them was was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, "Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth!" By reason of the other voices of the trumpets of the of the three angels which are yet to sound. Now, pretty sobering stuff. And as we go through it and reflect on it, if I could paint a word picture for you, um, I think it's even more sobering. And when he he is Jesus Christ, he'd opened the seventh seal. He'd opened the sixth seal pr pr uh, previously. In chapter five, he came. He took the 
scroll from him who sat on the throne, and he begins to open it. The first opening of the seals are in chapter 6, and the first four of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I think all manifestations of the Antichrist, um, you know, he, he becomes, he goes forth conquering and to conquer. There's war, there's famine, there's pestilence, there's death. And the fifth, um, when he opened the fifth seal in verse 9, I saw on the altar the souls of them were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. They cried, cried for vengeance, remember. I, I don't believe this is the church. They cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And they were, white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So there's some more killing going to happen. And I think all five of these seals can be attributed to natural phenomenon, but when the sixth seal is opened, uh, all that goes away, and everyone knows now, specifically it's God, and specifically it's the the wrath of the Lamb. Verse 12, I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. They know what's going on. Why? Because they were being told, I think, by the 144,000 of chapter 7. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? And also, by the two witnesses of chapter 11, and of course we haven't got that far yet, Chapter 7 is the sealing of the 12,000 from 12 different tribes, and then the number of the multitude that comes, um, comes to salvation through their testimony. I think the world hasn't seen its biggest uh, time of revival yet. I think that will happen after the tribulation, uh, after the rapture, after the tribulation proper begins. Uh, will there be another great harvest of the earth before the rapture? Well, that's our prayer, but we don't know that. I can, this, I, you know, the former and latter rain prophecies, I understand, um, and we can talk about them, and maybe we will uh, Wednesday night. I haven't exactly determined what's on, uh, what are we going to talk about, but I had an idea we might visit some of the prophecies from Joel, and I've been thinking in terms of, you know, former and latter rain and explaining what that's all about. So we'll see if that materializes. Okay, chapter 8. So that's the he, when he had opened the seventh seal. Now I want you to understand something. The opening of the seventh seals are the seven trumpet judgments. The seventh trumpet judgment is the 
seven bowls of wrath. And, you know, I had someone explain it like Russian nesting dolls. You open and open and open. And I think that's kind of what we're looking at, if, you, if, that, if that helps. Um, we're, so the seventh seal, is no, there's no judgment bes- besides the, the seven trumpet judgments, which is the seventh seal being opened. When it opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Now, this is awesome to me. Heaven is resounding with praise of God. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, the, the, the cherubim fall down. You, uh, the church casts its crowns. I think it's raucous. I think it's loud. I think it's constant praise to God. And all of a sudden, silence. For about a half hour, why... Not exactly a half hour. Well, one, I don't know. It's not like when it started, uh, John looked at his watch <laughs> or his uh, sand timer or his... Th- there's no reference in heaven to time. I think it's outside of time altogether. But John had come from the earth. He, you know, come up here, right? Uh, this, the voice speaking to him like a trumpet, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And now he's in heaven, and he would understand about what a half hour is. But I think the, the point is, there's a holy hush. There's, uh, it's a reverent, it's a, it's a, uh, it's void of any cacophony, of any noise. It's even void of praise to God at this point. Later on, people in heaven, angels in heaven, will praise God because God's a righteous God. And they will say, you know, I I see what's going on, and you're righteous to make this happen. And there's even praise during times of great judgment being poured out upon the earth. But right here, it's, it's, it's a... It's a holy hush. It's a silence. It's a, you know, it kind of reminds me. I said that the book of uh, Joshua um, is kind of indicative of the book of the Revelation, several places. We, you know, we already said to the, you know, those hiding in dens and the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains, the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. That's what the king said when they were hiding from Joshua. And uh, we see, we'll see that happen again. But you remember before they, conquered Jericho they they circled Jericho seven times and on the seventh day they 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 went around seven times so you know if you count it's 13 times all together and the word was don't speak a word don't murmur don't shout don't and so they just kind of it was this eerie kind of you know circling the and people are you know inside are bracing for impact okay what's going to what's going to happen and it was just silence and i think it was kind of dramatic and kind of a way for god to get the attention of the people that were about to be judged um so Jesus, the Lamb of God, takes the uh, the seventh seal, he breaks that, and then we have silence for about a half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. So John witnesses these seven angels standing before God, and they get the, the, the seven trumpets handed to them. Now, in the book of Enoch, the seven and 
Enoch calls them archangels, and he names them Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, Uriel, Saraquiel, Raguel, and Remiel. Are these the seven angels spoken to here? Well, remember, Enoch is not, the book of Enoch is not a canonical, it's not a book of the Bible. Uh, did Enoch have access to these names? I don't know that. He calls them seven archangels, but Scripture knows nothing of archangels, plural. When it talks about Michael, the archangel, it always uses the 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 word the, like signifying that there's only one. And I kind of believe that. Now, these names given to us, I, they all end with L, meaning God, you know. Um, like Michael means who is like God. Uh, and the other names mean something. I, I didn't bother to look it up because I'm not sure those are actual names of any angels. We know that Gabriel stands before God all the time. He told Zechariah so when he came and he announced the birth of John the Baptist. Um, so that part is at least true that Gabriel always stands before God. And so these seven angels are given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar. Okay, this would be the eighth angel. And he has a golden censer. Now, some people try to make this Jesus Christ, but I don't think so. Because the word another is alos. It means like the same, another of the same kind. And these seven angels, whatever they are, they're not Jesus Christ. So another angel of the same kind came and stood at the altar and he has a golden censer. Now, what's a censer? Well, growing up in Catholic church, they had, it's a little, it's on the end of a chain. It's, it's a little brass contrivance. It's got holes in it. You put the incense into it and you light it on fire and then you kind of wave it and it wafts the incense around. And so, uh, this angel has one of these golden censers and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. Now, incense is often pictured in scripture as, as prayer ascending to the Lord. And I think this is where we get this, this idea. Um, the, the, in the tabernacle and later on the temple, right outside the Holy of Holies, there's a altar of incense, and incense is put on that and then lit on fire. One, I think it would cover up the smell of, I mean, think about it, the temple, the tabernacle before it is a slaughterhouse, you know, dead animals and, and all that goes with that. I mean, um, the many times I've shot deer or, or I've never shot a moose, but I've been involved in four, um, hunts and I always end up with the knife don't ask me why and I'm always up to my armpits and moose or deer innards it's not a pleasant smell okay just in case you're wondering it's not like ah oh, it smells like incense it smells like the inside of a dead animal and so dead animals I think that's one of the reasons in the natural that the incense is burned but in the other, it's a picture of prayers going up before God. So you remember when Zechariah goes and he's 
chosen by lottery to go in and offer this incense before God. It's he offers the incense as a short prayer, comes out and blesses the people with what I think is the ironic blessing from the one I always do from Numbers chapter six, may the Lord uh, bless you and keep you, that one there. And so he comes out, but he can't speak because he, he saw an angel, he saw Gabriel, and Gabriel judged him by him not being able to speak. He's he's like, uh, you okay, you're gonna have a child. How do I know that? What do you mean? How do I know? I'm Gabriel. I stand before God. What, what do you mean? How, you, got a, you got a problem with angels lying to you all the time or something, dude? Hey, uh, why don't you just shut up? Oh, as a matter of fact, shut up. And you can't talk until the child's born. Um, he comes out and he wants to bless the people because that's his job. And through this histrionic sign language charades, he's tells people that he's seen an angel or, or whatever, and they, they get it, they understand it. Well, what he was in there doing was offering up incense on this table of incense. And I think this is the, the golden altar, which was before the throne. I think the table of incense in the in the temple, the tabernacle later on the temple, is a picture of this, this same altar. Uh, everything that Moses was told to made, it was a picture of that which was already in in, in heaven. So uh, I think this is the re- the reality and the one that was on earth was the, the shadow of it. The smoke of the incense which came up with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. Now that gives me great, great. Are these, what, what, what prayers are these? Are they all the prayers of all the saints combined like forever? Is it the prayer of the chapter, you know, uh, chapter six, and they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Are those prayers there? I think they're all prayers. I think it's a picture of all prayer. It comes up like God, like incense before God. Now, why don't we get what we pray for? I just want to touch down this, and I don't want to derail our study. One, we God hears all prayers. Sometimes the answer to our prayer is no, which is better than yes, because if we're asking stupid things, we don't want what God doesn't want us to have. Um, sometimes the answer is wait, and sometimes the answer is right around the corner, just keep praying. Um, we pray dumb, we don't pray the will of God, we want to consume things on our own lusts, and God says no. That's a wonderful thing, by the way. It's a it's a father who, you know, your kids said, "You can we have, you know, Twinkies and ice cream and cake and then, you know, gumdrops and then go to bed without brushing our teeth? And he said, no. If you're a good mom and a good dad, do we, you understand that sometimes the right answer is no. Uh, and then that's why we all grew up to adulthood, because our parents at some point told us no. Um, so we have that in, in view here. But I just like the fact that all these... See, I think we think sometimes like our words, like you, you know on a cold day when you breathe out and that 
that that mist comes out of you and, and it just kind of evaporates in a second or two. I think sometimes we think words are like that, but they're not. Words are nuclear. They're just like, you're going to give an account for every idle word that you've ever spoken on the day of judgment, uh, Jesus says clearly. Uh, I think words are like, they're, 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 they, they have lasting foreverness to them. Um, um, I think prayer is, is that way too. We forget our prayer. We forget what we pray, and God doesn't forget it. We don't take our own selves serious when we pray sometimes, and God takes us very, very serious. I think sometimes we pray just to hear ourselves talk, or we... Um, I don't think God looks at it that way at all. And here's the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of saints. I sent it up before God out of the angels. What prayers? Well, think about the Lord's Prayer. You know, the first part we say, you know, we, we worship God, our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Well, his kingdom is coming. It's coming to here, on, here on the earth, and his will is being accomplished. It's being poured out in wrath at the beginning, and then he's making the world. He's 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 taking to himself the, the redemption which Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross. He now he's taking control, taking ownership of the world in a very dramatic way. His kingdom is coming. But let's keep moving, okay? The angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. Now that's unpleasant. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. I think like some of those prayers were prayers of vengeance. And now God's moving out in vengeance. Do you remember what he said? They cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true to us, do not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And it was given unto them, every one of them, white robes, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. They weren't rebuked for a bad prayer. Remember, vengeance isn't bad. It's only God's, and they're crying for God to avenge. And he now he's saying, well, a little while in chapter 6, and I think now in chapter 8, okay, now it's time. And I look at that as a kind of a fulfillment of chapter 6. Okay, chapter, we're still in chapter 8, verse 6. And the seven angels which have had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound after this holy hush, after this incense, after this uh, casting this censer uh, uh, down to the earth. Uh, the seven angels had the seven trumpets prepare themselves to sound, and the first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth, and the third pot of trees were burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. Wow. Um, so uh, Paris climate accords, they, they don't work. Um you know we gotta we gotta save the earth. It's not gonna happen, okay? Uh, if you're a tree hugger, sorry. Um, you know. So here's the thing: if you steadfastly neglect to get saved by Jesus Christ, at least during the tribulation, don't take up logging or uh, golf course maintenance 
or you know taking care of people's lawns it's all going to burn up and i don't mean to be glib i mean everything a lot of things that we set our heart and our desires on god's it, it's it's destined it's earmarked for destruction um, wednesday night if you were visiting with us when we looked at the luke chapter 21 um Jesus said, my words aren't going to pass away. This whole earth is passing away. My my word is not passing away. The only thing eternal that we know now, besides us, is the word of God. It's going to, everything's burnt up. Everything's going to be disintegrated, a, a, a great noise, fervent heat. But here the beginning of that is happening. Uh, trees were burnt up, a third part. And green bath, uh, grass was burned up. Now, someone call these the judgment of the thirds. Why a third? Because God's mercy. Uh, later on, everything is going to, you know, be. Uh, but in, in the beginning, a, a, a third. Now, hail and fire mingled with blood. Uh, well, Adam, is that real blood? Uh, it doesn't say as blood. How does blood fall from the sky? I I don't know. If you believe in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, after that everything is, once you've accepted that, everything else is, is easy. We have Jesus coming to earth. He speaks people alive. He goes water skiing without a boat. He tells the storm to shut up. Uh, he takes a little boy's Lunchables and feeds thousands you know it, it's it's called a it's beyond our understanding now look at the times when it says it's like this it's like this even in our study today we'll see that but here he's not it's not like the first angel sounded there followed hail and fire mingled with blood and they were cast upon the earth I didn't even like hailstorms are kind of nasty, but I've never had a hail and firestorm with blood. Third part of the trees were burnt up and all green grass was burnt up. So you take every three, uh, every forest and like a third, I think it's like a, a section of the earth, like a third, but I can't be exactly sure about that. And I think it's kind of like making the whole globe smaller until it gets down to Israel. That's my understanding, but I could be very wrong about this, okay? So, um, there, there you have it. The second angel sounded, okay? That was the first one. That's fearsome. The second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. Now, that's almost defies description. Okay, we have a great mountain. mountain. Now, is it, and as it were, talks about, it's not a mountain. It's not like Mount Kilimanjaro, Mount Fuji, just tipped over into the ocean, right? Um, I think this is, it's as it were a great mountain. It was cast into the sea. Where? From heaven, okay? And is it a meteor? 
is it a huge meteor? Is it a, is it a, yeah, yeah, probably. Um, makes it through the atmosphere and it's very large. It's burning with fire. You can, you know, you can picture in your mind a comet, even meteorites, they're, they're quite hot when they make it through the atmosphere. It's cast in the sea. The third part of the sea became blood. Now, Adam, did it become as blood? No, it, it says it became blood. Again, Genesis 1.1, if you buy that, and I do, then the rest of the, the Bible is easy. The third part of the creatures which were in the sea that had life died. Think of the stench. Think of the horror. Again, if you steadfastly refuse to make Jesus the Lord of your life and you do not take part in his salvation that he freely offers, don't take up deep sea fishing or, or merchant shipping. Uh, third part of the ships were destroyed. Now, some people think this is because this asteroid comes in at such a, a big number, a big, powerful, big, that it causes a tidal wave that capsizes the ships. But that doesn't have to happen in the sense, I'm sure, that will accompany this. But the third part of the ships being destroyed is because they're not designed to ship in blood. Their, their buoyancy is created for water. Uh, they'd be much more buoyant. They'd, they'd sit up higher in blood and tip over. Not only to say, not only because, you know, blood is literally thicker than water, but it's, and they're not designed for that. They're not designed to float in, in blood. And so I think, you know, so imagine all boats suddenly rising to the point where they're unstable, tipping over, and think about all the crews. Now, we're talking about tens of thousands of ships, okay, at any given time on the ocean. Uh, I don't know if you think, like, you know, there's a ship or two coming to America with automobiles from Japan, with, you know, vodka from uh, from Russia. Uh, there's tens of thousands going every which way, all over the globe at any given time. And so think of like, you know, if we have like 30,000 ships, thinking about 10,000. So we have 10,000 Lusitanias, 10,000 Titanics happening. Some of those would be pleasure ships, uh, cruise ships. Some of them would be, uh, you know, uh, as far as, you know, sending cargo here and there. And they're all destroyed. And I think all the life is lost. And the third part of, I mean, just think of like, third part of, plankton that's going to be a, a a catastrophic people think like we breathe air and that comes from plants and grass and and it, and it does and people talk about the brazilian rainforest and that's an important part but most everything comes from plankton in the ocean as far as our breathing our oxygen and think about a third of that being so how much of the world's oxygen is depleted. How, how, okay, it's about 21% of the atmosphere right now is oxygen. If it went down 1%, how hard, how, how many extra breaths would you have to take to maintain? Would you always be like out of breath, you know? At, at what point are you going, <laughs> just to maintain, you know? <clears throat> I'm sorry, I made myself cough there. <laughs> Third part of the ships are destroyed. 
again, catastrophic, incredible, beyond understanding, beyond belief. Let's get moving. I'd like to finish this chapter. The third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. Okay, it's not a lamp. It burns like a lamp. Think about this. They they have lamps that were like you know oil fed, you know in the in the uh, tabernacle in the temple. Uh, the seven golden lampstands. It's like a lamp. Uh, does it mean a torch? It kind of that's the picture I get in my mind. It fell on the third part of the rivers and on the fountains of water. So now, when it falls, the first one falls on the ocean, and a third of the ocean is destroyed. That's bad. But if you're living in Indiana, I don't know how much the ocean being poisoned would affect you. But here. This one falls upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of water. Now, this is fresh water. The name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third, third part of the waters became Wormwood. Many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Okay, the uh, third angel sounded, there fell a great star from heaven. Star could mean angel. It could mean meteor. It could mean, you know, heavenly body. I think it's a, an angel because it's, it has a name. It's called Wormwood. Uh, it could be a meteor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, make it whatever you want it to be. But the 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 denouement, the the outcome of this all is that fresh waters are made bitter, and people die because the waters are made bitter. Um, how ma- how many of the waters? A third. Again, it's a, it's a, it's a judgment of the thirds, and. This is, speaks of God's mercy. Again, not everyone's dying. Uh, now, again, you know, back along, uh, people said uh, the name Chernobyl, it was a nuclear power plant. Some of you, especially younger ones, don't remember it, and us older ones remember it very well. It was a, uh, it was a nuclear power plant, and it was in the Ukraine, and it uh, had a meltdown, and um, the Ukrainian word for Chernobyl means wormwood. It means black grasses. And they say, well, yeah, but that's a type of wormwood. I, I, I don't know. Uh, and so some people try to tie this together. Some people try to tie it together and say, see, we're in the tribulation. No. If anything, I think it might be a type. So the waters were made bitter. Does that mean because of nuclear disaster? Uh, is there, is there, because if you drank water that was radiated, you know, nuclei, nuclei, nuclearly, <laughs> if, if nuclear waste got into drinking water, yeah, that you would die if you drank that. Yes. Uh, there is that, but is it, a, is that just a picture of what happened in Chernobyl? A picture of what, uh, I, I don't know. I just know this. Uh, the third angel sounded, it fell as a star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. It fell upon the third part of the rivers, upon the fountains of water. The name of the star is called Wormwood. The third part of the waters became Wormwood. Um, undrinkable, in other words. And many people died of the waters because they were made bitter. How long has you got your bottled water? How long, how long is that going to last? How long, you know, stock up, make sure you get plenty. Uh, well, there's that, or 
ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and save you from your sins and repent and be spared all of this. And the backdrop of all these these going on, I, I just I keep thinking like, why are you uh, the the people they don't repent and will be treated to several passages here where they they get it, they understand it, they know it's divine, they understand God calling them back, and they refuse to repent. Why would you do that? I think God's calling me to repent, and my repentance, you know, you're saying, well, what are you, what are you saying? You're into porn, you're into drugs, you're, dr-. no, no, I'm not saying anything that would cause me to not be able to do this, and God's still calling me to a higher plane, a higher level of holiness, a, a more of a commitment, more of a singular of my life, like uh, put put your whole all on the altar. Lord, here's my entire life. There's some things I look at that I probably shouldn't, and I'm not talking about pornography. I'm talking about Netflix. I'm talking about Hulu and uh, different things I put before my eyes, and God's saying, those are my eyes, and I don't want to be looking at that. I don't want you to be poisoned by that. And I'm not talking about pornography. I'm talking about just, again, just a higher and... Why don't we give God our everything? Why don't we give him our all? Why do we hold back? Why would we ever hesitate to give him our entire life? I don't get it. He's got really horrible things in store for those. And I think this the thirds is telling us, Lord, he's, he's telling us that the Lord is still calling people to repent, calling people to, to come out, to, to give up. Giving up is like, uncle, you're God, I'm not. I, I, I forsake my sin, I turn to you, please save me. Will he? Yeah, but then you don't get raptured at that moment. The, the rapture doesn't, doesn't happen like the church and then everybody individually as they get saved. You're going through horrible times that will most probably end in death. The fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, the third part of the moon, the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone, not for the third part, and the night likewise. Now, what does that mean? Let's say you have a, it's the spring equinox. You have 12 hours of light, 12 hours of night. So night only lasts eight hours. Uh, You can see the moon for eight hours. Um, Is it like the daytime, the 12 hours a day, you can only see the sun for eight hours? Or is it that this, the, the, like, when Mount Pinatubo, I remember that, um, it was in the Philippines and it put up so much ash into the atmosphere that the sun was literally darkened. That the, the following summer in Maine was very cold. The whole, it never really got very warm at all because of the ash, because of, of that was put up in the air. Is it like that? It's like, it's, let's say, you know, the intensity of the sun is X amount of lumens, a million lumens. Is it like down to, you know, 667,000 lumens instead of a million? I, I, I don't know. I'm reading the same passage you're reading. The fourth angel sounded, the third part of the sun was smitten the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. Make of that what you will. But 
Jesus said in John chapter 3, the problem with humanity is men love darkness rather than light. And God's saying, you want darkness? Because you're headed towards eternal darkness. You're headed to a place where there's fire, but the fire doesn't illumine. You're going to be burning in the dark alone eternally. You sure you want darkness? I, I, I think, again, it's, it's, it's grace here. And then I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven. Now, some of your newer versions will say, I saw an eagle flying through the midst of heaven. Remember, one of the cherubim has the face of an eagle. Some manuscripts say eagle, some say angel. I don't want to enter into the debate. Some being (laughs) is flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, you ain't seen nothing yet. He says, and I quote, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. There's three more. We got went through the first four. There's three more coming, and then it gets really hairy. It gets, it's bad. Um, in other words, you ain't seen nothing yet. So, and... It's woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. You say, well, that's me. I'm, a, I'm an earth dweller. I'm an earth inhabitant. No, you're not. You're a pilgrim. You're, 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 you don't, you're not of this earth. You're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. You're like Abraham. You're like, you, we're just journeying through. We're, 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 we're going to be in eternity for a long, long time. And we've understood that. Death that's, that's just going from life to more life. Uh, to live is Christ, to die is gain. How do you, how do you get, if, if to live is Christ, what's better than Christ? More Christ. We're going to be in his very presence. We're going to be, uh, death is not a, you know, we've all been thinking about Corona and we've been thinking about our mortality. Here I've come up with the coronavirus and I'm thinking about death and look, whatever God has is better up there than what's going down here. Am I going to do anything to, to make that happen quicker? No. God is the giver of life. And he, if he hasn't taken it away from us yet, it's because we've got more work to do. And I've kind of made my peace with that. Look, go like this. <sighs> Just take a deep breath and then say, thank you, Lord, for giving me that breath. And everyone that he gives us is because he has a purpose for us to be here. Otherwise, we'd be there with him right now. Um, so remember that. We're not inhabitants of the earth. We're just here for a short time to make our mark, to tell others about this glorious God, this God who judges sin. I don't understand why we think we can get away with sin. I don't understand why we think that God, we can have sin in our life and God will still bless our lives. He He died for sin. He's given us power over sin. It's what we celebrated last week in the resurrection. We celebrated the fact that we're given new newness of life. We're given power over the grave, power over sin, and we're not to live in sin anymore. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of what I'm having to say in the next few weeks is going to be a lot about this 
let's turn from sin. Let's let's have done with it once and for all. And this isn't the first time I've ever talked about this, but I think he's calling us to a new level, a new awareness of the things that offend him. And we shouldn't be like everybody else. Much of the church is you'd never be able to tell the difference. They're just like the world, seeking pleasure, seeking the things of this world, not seeking the glory of God, but but all about giving themselves whatever they want. And that's what the whole world is about. That's all that's all headed for judgment. We shouldn't be part of that at all. Okay, the worship leaders are going to come, and I'm going to pray, and they're going to send us out of here in song, as I always say. These are <clears throat> sobering things, Lord. And to, we, you know, we think about ones, ones we love, ones with our last name, friends, people we work with. To tell you the truth, Lord, I never met somebody I wanted to see go through all these things. And Lord, the world is given over to its Satan's rising and the spirit of Antichrist is in the world. And I, I, I think that, you know, America's best days are behind her. And now as you enter into judgment with America, we're not. We don't worship America like an idol. We love being part of this land as you poured your blessing upon it. But as America turns away from you, we we know what's going to happen. We, we, we've, we've, we've seen this story. People turn away from you in utter destruction. We can't turn from you and still have your blessing. And so as we watch this all play out, Lord, we pray that you would pour out your spirit in a dramatic way. Use us. And and I don't know, Lord, if, if many are going to be saved or just dribs and drabs, but we want to see our friends. We want to see our family. We want to see ones turn to the Savior before it's too late. Lord, if I've done anything this morning, I pray that I've painted a word picture of just disaster coming upon those who have rejected the only hope of humanity, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that the Spirit of God would break through and quicken people's hearts and have many turn to you in these days. I pray you'd bless this, this the teaching of your word to this end. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace and peace.